Hello, and welcome to the reading room. This is Kate, or Mrs. Lemonade on Twitter, and today I will be reading Little Bit of Thunder by Connor Bowers. Disclaimer, this fic is rated for teen and up audiences. Please see the AO3 link in the description for additional tags. All Achako had wanted was some popcorn. It was Friday, midterms were done, she saw the forecast, she knew, which is why she wanted to prepare. Just a pot with some oil and the kernels. Then a delicious, stomach-filling, cheap nighttime snack was at her miserly little fingertips. The telltale rumbling of rolling thunder and pattering of rain was still light and constant. It was fine. Really. So with any luck, she could make it and get all her loot back to her room before the smell could permeate to the floors above. And everything was going good. She waited for her obligatory two-kernel test, poured in her portions, and shook the massive pot a little. But as it started to cook, the gentle popping was drowned by the sudden clinking of rain, which would have been fine if it had stayed that way. Alas, the gradual tinkling of rain became a sudden cacophonous bombardment of the elements in typhoon proportions. Literally. Drowning out the sound and making her panic a little as she rushed to find a bowl big enough to fit another batch. She just wanted to be in bed already, with a blanket over her head and her shows on in the background while she traveled around the wild with her favorite video game, waiting out the sounds of the storm. Oh, come on, pop, popcorn, pop, she whispered furiously, swishing the pot a bit in an attempt to hurry things along. Even with the lights on, each strike of lightning flashing across the Florida ceiling windows was like the dizzying flashbulb of a paparazzi. It was the now too loud rattling booms of thunder that got to her the most, and one particularly brilliant flash of light zipped across the glass, followed by a ground-shaking clap of thunder that raised the tiny hairs on her arms and eked a yelp from her mouth as she was pouring the last bit of popcorn into an oversized mixing bowl. Okay! She whispered angrily at the sky while the now empty pot floated away at the same time she realized her own body was rising. Easy cheeks, just pretends you floating an army of dunce faces outside. A hazy voice chuckled like a puff of the remnant steam of her snack. An arm snaked around her waist just in time. Bakugo, Achako gasped. Looking down, she, claiming temporary lapse in judgment, admired how vascular and well-sculpted his forearms were, and how gentle his hold was. He simultaneously grabbed her wrist and pulled her smoothly against his side, easing her down to her feet the last few inches as she released her quirk. He put more care than she thought he was capable of into setting her down. She kept her gaze trained on his arm around her waist, watched his fingers slide across her stomach, felt the heat of his open palm through the soft cotton of her long sleep shirt and her ears closed to everything but the sound of her blood rushing to her cheeks. And flippies. Seriously, thunderous, flippy-floppy things happened a little lower. Who'd have thought? You, of all people, scared of some thunder. He tissed, finally releasing her and catching the pot to set it aside. Since her sight wasn't trained on his face, she easily caught the way his hand balled into a fist as he brought it back to his side clenching and unclenching like he'd burned it as he turned and made his way to the fridge. Her face fell. Hey, it's not like this happens all the time, you know? Typhoons are serious business, she chided while he dug through the fridge. She used his inattention as a chance to wipe down the pot and salt her treasure. The quicker she cleaned up, the sooner she could get away and ignore the odd feeling stirring in her chest.
Normally, despite his emotional constipation, she thought Bakugo was fairly easy to understand. Ever consistent. To her, at least. But lately, he'd been getting a bit awkward around her. She, in turn, was a little less capable of talking to him when he acted weird. She was like a tiny robo in a sea of confusion, and Bakugo was a lighthouse whose beacon had burned out, which was frustrating and worrying. So, in effort to regain the balance that exemplified the relationship, she focused a little bit more on trying to kick his ass. That somehow turned into being a lot of bit bothered by how trying to retreat into the familiar heat of battle with him made something inside do swirly, twirly dip dives in her stomach whenever he so much as walked into her room. Then she noticed he hardly looked at her anymore after that. Most of anything he asked her was done in the softest gruff tone, but was over in a flash. And when they argued, he gave up so easily. Just scoffed and acted like she wasn't worth engaging with. It really worried her, honestly. But then he'd be curt but sweet all over again. Like ten seconds ago, grabbing her like that, all while still teasing her. Who the heck did he think he was? A flick on her forehead broke her thoughts, and she jumped a tiny bit when she looked up from the giant popcorn bowl and into the smoldering stare and said, Mind menace. Jinx, what's talking to you? Crap. Uh, I said I was just fucking with you, he said very seriously. His eyes flicked from the bowl to her, to the counter, and all around the room, then back. Everyone's got fears and shit. Hachako coughed a giggle and clapped a hand over her mouth. She wanted to regret it, but honestly, since when had she ever held anything back from Bakugo of all people? So she let it go and laughed, and the hint of a smirk on Bakugo's face fell flat. Like you'd ever admit to him, she waved dismissively, trying to rein in her smile. She was suddenly feeling much less worried about her feelings. Fuck you, he sucked his teeth and walked away grabbing the kettle off the counter and filling it at the sink. Aw, oh, he was being serious. Oh no, Bakugo-kun, she giggled and set her bowl down to reach out for him. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't know you were being serious. Yes, she laughed, trying to tug on his arm while he pointedly ignored her to start the kettle and then slipped away to rifle through a cupboard. She stepped back to give him space. Yes, of course, we do all have our fears. You caught one of mine. Her laughter slowed as she really, truly thought about it. She watched Bakugo pull out some bowls, big and small, then head to the fridge, apparently determined not to speak. She didn't like to see him so upset. So while he busied himself pulling out containers of leftovers, Ochako's attention was pulled to the bright light on the kettle beside him and the steam gently rising from the spout. Typhoons are frightens me, she started, reciprocating his seriousness. When I was little, the town over from ours was hit by a flash flood because of one. It was so bad that people tried to flee. I remember my papa guiding families who made it out and going out in the night to try to find folks who got caught. There were so many people that were trapped, and a few that just didn't make it. Slipped away along the riverways. I remember the next day all the strangers coming in and out of the house. I wasn't allowed to go out to help, so I served ochazuke and porridge that Mama and Papa cooked, and I just wished she could smell the comforting scent of the soup from memory, the tea and fragrant salmon or shavings of bacon that topped it, and fresh-cut green onion with warm rice. What little bit of good she remembered from that weekend did nothing to override the sting of her inability to help back then. The kettle made a loud click, and her eyes snapped up. 
Bakugo now stood with his back to the counter, leaning with his arms crossed and staring directly at her. Wished you could do more, he finished for her. The way he stared made something plume in her chest, intense and airy. She had to look away, out the windows to focus on the nearly sideways rain and howling wind. Yeah, she sighed, suddenly not as scared of the thing outside as she was of whatever this was that made it hard to meet his gaze right now. Ugh, this was exactly what she was talking about. This. Him. He was just so frustrating sometimes. Well, looks like you're not so scared right now, he said a little smugly, putting away a skillet that he'd grabbed like he'd had a second thought. You were scampering like a squirrel trying to gather its nuts and run for cover a second ago. Now you're just... He gestured a hand at all of her and the outside. Well, it's hard to be scared when we're both in a room together, she said without thinking. It wasn't the whole truth, but it certainly was a truth. You fucking tell, Cheeks, he grinned while turning away to scoop, pour, and prep whatever he was doing into and out of the bowl. Um, I, er, <laughs> just, I mean, what should she say? She'd never had a hard time telling him the truth before. Why did it feel funny now? Ugh, just that you're you and I'm me, and if something happened, I know that... She huffed, feeling her cheeks heat. That together, we can handle anything, so... Yeah. She finished, and the sound of the storm rushed back to her ears. Then she suddenly remembered her popcorn, and the fact that her game was waiting in her dorm. And that she would feel a lot more comfortable away from the massively heated stair Bakugo leveled on her mid-pour of water into a bowl that radiated the smell of green tea and a hint of dashi. Then her eyes popped. Hey, how do you know I was scampering? I didn't, he countered too quickly, seeming to remember his task. He quickly stacked the Tupperware he pulled out earlier and yanked open the fridge to shove it all back in. The familiar scent picked Achako's senses, and she tiptoed closer to get a look at whatever he was making, and him. Were you watching me? No, he said with a slam of the door. I just walked in, Cheeks. I've got better things to do with my time, like stop you from floating away so I can make my snack with a clear conscience. Achako was getting real tired of her cheeks getting so damn hot. Did she blame the lights? Bakugo slid matching lids onto the ceramic bowls still on the counter after he'd wiped out the ones he'd apparently made tea in. There were two bowls. You're gonna eat all that? No, I'm not gonna eat all this, he said playfully, mimicking her kanzai like an ass. She chuckled. Hey, don't. A flash of lightning suddenly lit up the kitchen and common area like the daylight come early outside, and every lamp and light that had shined through the windows and the inside promptly flickered out. It topped off with a healthy rattle of the windows as the thunder growled like it was a beast standing atop them. Ajako gasped and jumped, skipped and scooted herself toward Bakugo in the dark. Then she shoved right into and around him to latch onto the back of his shirt. She knelt a little low with her back to the counter, as if it were an earthquake and she needed to duck and cover. Uraka. Yeah, she exhaled, slow and steady. Relax. Yeah, she inhaled long and deep. Relax, he said again, this time turning a bit and grabbing her shoulders to stand her all the way up. She adjusted to grab the front of his shirt. It was hard to see him, except when the lightning flashed. You said it yourself. We could get through anything. You and me, right? Yeah. Exactly. 
she exhaled slowly again, centering herself. Comfort, warmth, and safety gradually washed over her as his hands slid from her shoulders and traversed the smooth planes of her bare arms, smooth and slow. When he reached her hands, he unclenched them from his shirt and held them firmly in his own. Was it possible for him to feel her heart race through her hands? Was this really okay? Where the heck was Bakio Kapki and who was this one? In the dark, with her, not shouting, inching closer and trying so hard suddenly to look her in the eyes when he usually did everything but that. I'm glad you're ridiculously massive bowl of popcorn, he smiled, eyes roaming her face in a way that made it difficult to fully calm her breathing. And I'll get a tray, then we'll walk upstairs, he said, thumbs rubbing comfort, comforting circles into her hands. He was so close. What did he mean? Like, walk together? To the same place? Or was she looking too deep? And what was that deliciously familiar savory scent? Was the thunder driving her mad? Or were Bakiko's lips very, very, very near hers? When did that happen? Suddenly, another light flashed, then another, again and again, quick and fast, bright and white like bulbs popping in a power surge. The need to anchor, to be sheltered and warm, safe and unbothered, it all hit so strong. And before she realized it, as the ground shook with the cacophony of cracks and unearthly rumbling bangs, she was climbing. Cheeks puffed, eyes shut, breathing stuttered right into Bakugo's open arms. Her legs wrapped tightly around his waist and her arms laced over his shoulders as she buried her face in his neck, covering her head in a way that blocked out as much light and sound as possible. Bakio stumbled a bit, but only a bit, because for all the time she'd seen him squeeze, jump, and slip out of every attempt at a hug from anyone, ever, she'd assumed him incapable of reciprocating such an intimate hold, until an arm clamped around her waist, and another slid up her back, fingers leading in the charge to the base of her neck and into her hairline. I'm sorry, she gasped. I'm not. The words were shaky, but deep and rough, conveying more than she really understood. Right up until she found her butt settled quickly onto the nearby counter, with Bakugo nuzzling his way across her cheek. Heat seeking and rough until suddenly the next clap of thunder seemed to be more in her head than real as his lips connected to the corner of her mouth. Despite her surprised gasp, it took zero thought at all to meet him all the way her shocked expression making the perfect opening for him to nip her bottom lip and glance his tongue across her flesh, an action that pulled a wanton sigh, taking every ounce of air from her lungs with it. Bakugo, she panted against his mouth, reciprocating with everything she had, and a pained moan escaped Bakugo. Not quite like a whine, but something meaty and deep that she felt shudder from his lips and onto hers. Realizing only then that her hand had wandered to rough up his spiky mane while the other cupped his jaw, she tried to slowly regain some semblance of control she'd so clearly lost. But gods, what did it matter? I thought you... She sighed against his lips before diving back in a moment. Mm, he managed without letting up, diligently laying lengthy kisses and urgent pecks along her jaw and at her neck. Ugh, I thought you were starting to hate me. She finally let out. Bakugo was undeterred and continued on his path, pausing near her ear to whisper, Fuck no, before making his way back to her mouth. Achako shivered, 
and Bakugo chuckled, finally pulling away after planting one last lingering kiss to her lips. I've just been trying not to do that to you every five fucking seconds. Why? Pachaka whined before she could stop herself, slamming her forehead into his chest to calm herself and panting heavily. She was so lucky the lights were still out. He'd be so smug about this. She was sure of it. Because I didn't think you'd kiss me back, nerd. Bakugo stepped back just as another big flash of lightning hit, and Achaka remembered how they'd ended up like this in the first place, and nearly teleported the half-meter back into his arms. No, no, don't go getting useless on me, Cheeks. What's a little bit of thunder when we're together, right? He said, setting her down, but not releasing her until she felt she was good. Achaka simply whined good-naturedly, unsure that she could undo a childhood trauma on a whim, but totally willing to try if... Well, I forgot all about that while we, um, kissed. So maybe, she fiddled with the hem of his shirt, we could clean. You got two bowls, and my katatsu's all warmed up, and... Ugh, she cringed. How presumptuous of her. She should stop. We should grab her popcorn and go. Right? And she couldn't really totally see his expression in the dark, but a quick kiss to her forehead alleviated the string of doubt in an instant. Good. Thought I was going to have to spell it out and shit. Bakugo rumbled. Achako sensed the smile on his words as he pushed her toward the opposite counter to grab her things. She heard him and half saw through the flashes of lightning as he grabbed a tray and readied it to go. Would have been a waste of Ochizuke if you'd turned me down. That's what smells so good. Achako squealed and danced over to where he waited, doing a tiny jig as best she could without losing her popcorn. Wait, you were going to cook something. You had a pan, but you put it away, did you? She stopped her happy dance, staring in awe at him in the dark. Did you decide to make Ochizuke because of my story? She whispered excitedly. That was it. That was all he gave before he started to walk toward the stairwell door without her. Her eyes burned a little, and she rushed to catch up to him when he, she heard the click of the door and echo of his slippers entering the stairwell. How could she thank him? He went out of his way to give her something comforting, not to mention letting her climb him. You did, she whispered loudly again, chasing after him with a tight feeling in her throat. She caught the door before it could close, and the stair turned pitch black as it shut behind her. She almost lost her big bowl of popcorn when she hit something. Him. Then the shape of a hand suddenly appeared, glowing, blooming from red to yellow and white. It was enough light for her to see all of his intense stare. Eyes roving across her. The tray was somewhere to the side on the stairs, and he gently grabbed her bowl with his cool hand to put it down behind him. Then the light blinked out, the warmth of it lingering between them. And again she found herself smushed up against something, with his hot hand massaging into her skin as she kissed it deeply. The rumble of the storm was so distant now. All that remained was the gentle tearfall that followed all the emotions he was dredging up inside her. Suddenly, the darkness behind her eyelids turned bright again, and she opened her eyes to see Bakugos were still closed and the lights were on around them. His expression was so relaxed, almost serene, until his eyes popped open and he jumped back at the sight of her wet stare. She giggled. Not so brave when the lights were on, eh, Bakugo-san? She took a step forward, and he put one foot back before stepping right up to her, reaching up to wipe the tears from her cheeks with the softest, determined expression she'd ever seen. What's wrong? Not a single thing. 
At least not between them. Not anymore. What a way to find out she was worried for no reason. Nothing. I'm just really happy, she said before tipping forward on her toes and giving him a quick peck. Now come on, before the lights go out again. Let's get upstairs before the food gets cold. The leftover rice already gets the tea to a good temp. A wicked grin spread on Bakugo's face, and he kissed the damp trail where her tears had been, then whirled away to pick up the food and took off. Shit, you better hope the power cuts again, cheeks. Looks like that dibs on picking a game. I'm winning tonight. Machako smiled as wide, cheeks puffed, and grabbed her bowl to chase after him. Tapping her chest to float quickly, she beat him up the four flights. Later on, the wind still howled, and the rain continued its steady warpath across the city. Despite that, Machako lay cuddled up and kissing Bakugo senseless under the cozy heat of her kotatsu. Empty bowls lay forgotten. Bright handheld game screens cast blue light, giving off just enough to reveal the remnant kernels from a popcorn war. Machako had been mighty upset and fought to stuff each stray kernel in her mouth while Bakugo laughed and tried to pull her back to him. Clearly he'd won, because a kernel was just within reach, but all she wanted to do was this. Whatever this sudden thing was, it felt like it would go unnamed for a minute, but not a single part of Achako felt uncertain about it at all, because Bakuokatsu didn't do what he didn't want to do, and who knew he wanted to kiss her like she was the only thing he needed? Who'd have thought her fear-driven need for happy, cozy things would lead her here? Okay, I don't feel like I lost tonight, but I think you actually won. She laughed quietly into their kisses. I don't know if we'd be here without the thunder, she mused, laying back to catch her breath, pointedly ignoring the loud cracks of the storm hammering away at the night. Bakugo followed, leaning over her and grinning sinfully. Someone's call it a draw. She gasped playfully before he could kiss her. Bakugo Kotsky sharing a win? Blasphemy. He rolled his eyes, then got unbearably close, lips brushing hers and eyes looking right into her. Her heart stuttered and her stomach dropped in all the good ways as he moved his lips, feather-light, back and forth along hers. Only with you, he whispered before completing the circuit, granting her a sudden certainty that the light she thought had burned out between them was alive like never before. Now he was in the harbor in the storm. The beacon calling her home, sheltering her in his solid embrace, and she wouldn't have it any other way. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this reading, please use the AO3 link in the description to give the author a well-deserved kudos and comment. Also, don't hesitate to message us on Twitter with your request for fix to be read.